On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about husbands and wives. We're going to get into little family matters tonight. Yeah, we'll have to be careful because we might get our stuff talking about might what husbands are supposed to do. Might be hard to go home tonight, yeah. 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 <laughs> but right. that's what we want to talk about. Very important subject. Very important subject. God's given roles to husbands and wives. Yeah, not a lot of folks in our society today that are all, all that concerned about it, but we hope you are concerned about it, and you'll stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study starts right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study welcome you to the virtual bible study for thursday july 27th 2017 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight good to be with you as well and kyle's behind the board kyle welcome to the program tonight good to have you back it's good to be here yeah i look forward to hearing from you tonight and look forward to hearing from you on the other end of the line at 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com both of those avenues are open anytime you want to try and reach out to us we'd love to hear you from email or on the phone tonight or anytime and uh, if you're watching us live uh, sign in the chat room and chat with other listeners on this important subject we've had a busy week so far this week. It's been really busy here at College View, uh, but uh, we think we've had a good week. This was the week of our Community Bible Study. We've been talking about that for several weeks leading up to uh, the Monday and Tuesday of this week. And I think we had a really good session. We were were talking about the horrible plague of pornography. Art Adams uh, was here to share with us his expertise uh, in counseling people who are addicted to pornography. We think it was really very good. if you'd like to see uh, that, right now the best place to go to see that is to our Facebook page. You've got it linked up there. Uh, they're, on, they're on our Facebook page. We've had a little trouble editing the videos in YouTube, and it is a YouTube link. So one of the videos in particular, there's a lot of dead air at the start of it, but if you'll run into the video about 20 minutes in, you'll pick up the presentation. All right, so hopefully you can get that edited out. I tried hard today and couldn't get it done. But regardless, you're going to get the edited version in your podcast feed later on tonight. Yeah, we're going to try to put the audio up in our podcast, and so you can look at, you can listen to it there at least. Yeah, listen to it there. And if you're not signed up for our sermon podcast feed, find out how at thevirtualbiblestudy.com under Sign Up Resources. We'll give you that link. You can find us on Apple Podcast and other iTunes uh, directories or uh, podcast directories. Check us out on our sermon podcast and tell others about the program. Along those lines, we have some bumper stickers we'd like to let you have to free of charge to help spread the word. If you'd be willing to put a bumper sticker, they're not very big. They're not obtrusive. They'll fit right on your back glass like they do on Kyle's truck. Kyle's sporting two of them. Kyle's, Kyle's really advertising. He's trying to get extra credit, and um, you can help us spread the word. Uh, send us an email with your snail mail address. We'll be glad to get one of those bumper stickers in the mail to you. Yeah, exactly right. Um, again, look for look – for, there'll be several possible ways to access that information from our community Bible study, so look for that. Okay. All right. On to the topic at hand. All right. Tonight we've got an important topic. We want to talk about God's assigned roles for husbands and wives. Uh, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of trouble in marriages uh, in the world today. And we don't have to cite the statistics because I think almost everybody knows them. Divorce rates are incredibly high. Uh, and, and probably in realistic terms, the problem is even greater because a lot of people are not even getting married. They cohabit for a while, then they break up and separate. And, and so the, 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 the husband-wife, man-woman relationship in the world today, at least in our culture, is in real trouble. And, and the, the answer is already out there. Yeah, but that's not limited to the world. There's a lot of marriages in the church that are in serious oh, yeah. trouble. That's right. And, you know, in fact... I think every marriage, any, anyone involved in a marriage that's listening to this program would have to say that your marriage could be better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no perfect marriage. Because, so well, probably because you're in it is why yeah, it needs yeah, to get, yeah. get better. Yeah. But the answers to all the issues are right. already available. It's not like we're trying to search out 
or discover some new thing. Right. The answers to how we ought to live as husbands and wives uh, already plainly spelled out in the scriptures. And we just need to have the humility and the honesty and the determination to put those things into practice. So don't turn off this program. You need it. Uh, and um, not your spouse. You need it. Yeah, here's the right. questions that we sent out earlier today. And by the way, and in, in fact, we just we had a, a correspondence with Dwight. He's in the chat room. Hey, Dwight. He, he was trying to get on our email update list and had been having some trouble. So he hears you every week, and he tried to do it, and it didn't work. But now I'm seeing his email in my inbox. So it did work, Dwight. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- hey, I think I've right. got your email, Success. Dwight. So I think we're in good shape. We'll have you on there for next week's update. All right. Uh, if you'd like to be on our list, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. And we'll and just put in the subject line, add me to your list, and we'll do that. Um, but here's the update we sent out earlier today. Number one, what should a person do whose mate is not fulfilling their God-given responsibilities? Mm-hmm. You know, so someone says, well, my husband, he's he's not living right. He's not doing right. He's not doing what God tells Or vice versa. It could, be a, it could be a husband saying that about his wife. What would we, what, what's the answer to that question? Number two, in regards to husbands, here's some questions about husbands. What kind of love is the is the husband supposed to have toward his wife? How is he to honor his wife? Uh, explain the husband's role as a leader or head of the family. And how important is communication in marriage? All right. And then concerning the wives, explain what help meet means in Genesis 2, 18. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What kind of a, what kind of submission and obedience is required of wives? How is a wife to love her husband? How are married couples to view their duties in regards to physical needs? Okay. And so if we can cover all that tonight, we'll be doing well. All right. We'll have a lot to cover, but we will have time for your comments and send them in. We'd love to hear from you on the program tonight. All right. All right. So first um, question. The first question would be either for a husband or a wife. It's not gender specific because it could go either way. It could be a husband who, whose wife is not doing the right thing, or it could be a wife whose husband is not doing the right thing. So my mate is not following God's instructions. And so I'm going to retaliate or I'm going to, I'm going to withhold things from him or I'm going to, I'm going to badger him or her. Uh, in other words, I'm going to use my mates failings as justification for me to to show out right see what i'm saying right i think an awful lot of people do that yeah and, and, and probably the 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 ultimate real sign of that is sometimes you see people who were once close and they've turned into bitter hateful enemies of one another mm-hmm. uh and so i i do think it, it's always been amazing to me that people who who love each other can become such bitter enemies sometimes. Uh, but I suppose people who do that justify it by saying, well, he did wrong or she did wrong. Therefore, I'm doing He's I can a dirty do dog. She's yeah. a dirty dog. I'm going to get even. I'm, I'm getting back. Well, if you have that attitude, you're in direct violation of God's will for you. And you will have to give account for that. Romans chapter 12 is very explicit in this. Recompense no one, beginning verse 17. To recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. There's no, op- there's never an excuse to, to, to say, well, I've got license. This, is, this wouldn't normally be right, but I've got license because of the way that they treated yeah. me. Yeah. And so uh, bottom line is I've got to do the right thing whether my mate is doing the right thing or not. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that I just ignore the problems. In other words, if, if, my, if my mate is not being uh, obedient to God's will, not living right, not doing right, then uh, there are a lot of resources available to maybe help improve that situation. Certainly uh, prayer, Bible study, the help and counsel of faithful Christians, elders in the church and so forth. There are a lot of resources that we can try to use to help make improvements in the marriage. And I'm not saying just ignore it. Your mate's not doing the right thing. Put up with it and you can't and 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 you really can't address. No, you can address the thing. 
But bottom line is you got to keep doing what's right no matter what. All right. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, the chat room is pretty quiet tonight. What do you think? Ever seen that happen? Have you ever uh, done that? And said, well, you know, I'm going to take the gloves off here because, well, she hadn't been treating me right or he hadn't been treating me right. And, uh, well, let me know how that worked out for you. If you'd like to sign in the chat room, has it ever worked out? Has it ever been a positive thing when you violated God's will and you avenged yourself? Uh, certainly, uh, there is no excuse for that. In the chat room, Mike says, many times those difficult situations can allow our light to shine to end up having a positive effect on our spouses. Uh, he references First Peter 3, verse 1, and that's a passage that we'll look at some tonight. But for, in First Peter 3, it, it almost seemed to be talking about a situation like that where it was not ideal. The husband and wife relationship wasn't wasn't working real well. And yeah. Peter sort of addresses that. You can you can read that in a minute. Yeah. He says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some... Oh, he, he's quoting the verse. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Verse 2 goes on, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Now, we like to think about uh, that in maybe some pretty uh, sanitary terms. They don't obey the word. Well, you know, they haven't been baptized or... They don't uh, they don't attend services faithfully or uh, no, there's probably not obeying the word means they're probably not acting like they should towards their wife. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about the guy who is belligerent? He's not kind. Uh, maybe he's even abusive. Well, how's that wife to behave? Yeah. Chase conduct with fear. Yeah. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're living like you should, even if you're spouse, husband, or wife, uh, is not living as they should. Exactly right. Okay. All right. So uh, the, the first question, I think, is I think is a pretty obvious question, but it's just one we've got to commit ourselves to. If Even if my spouse is not doing the right thing, I've got to do the right thing. Now, I'll, I want to work toward resolution. I want to work toward improving our relationship. I want us both to go to heaven. I, I, we want to do things, you know, we want to make overtures that will lead to that result but bottom line is i got to do the right thing and you're not going to be on the day of judgment you're not going to be standing and giving account and when it gets to how you treated your spouse you're not going to be able to point to him or her and god say, oh i, I didn't realize oh yeah you, you're, you're married a... to her oh yeah, go ahead you <laughs> yeah, come on yeah, yeah no yeah, exactly. you're not going to get off like that you're going to you're responsible regardless of how your spouse is acting. Yeah. Well, let's grab our first break, Jacob, and then let's, t- let's tear into the husbands, what the husbands are supposed to be well, doing. We would tread lightly here, maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get a break. We'll get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Here's some quotes worth pondering. You are where you are and what you are because of the dominating thoughts that occupy your mind. You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about husbands and wives and uh, their God-given responsibilities. Again, not something that our society is all that concerned about. Uh, sadly, some Christians that aren't giving enough attention to what God has said the roles should be and what our obligations are in those roles. And so uh, we need to look carefully at them and as we do so. We got an email from Paul who's who, in response to that first question we were talking about, how should a person act? Who's, Where's Paul from tonight? 
Paul, out west someplace. Oh, yeah, uh, good to hear from you, Paul. Uh, Paul, send us a send us a note in the chat room. I, I've I've known that in the past, but I can't okay. remember. Right. Uh, he says, "What should a person do who's made is not fulfilling their God-given responsibilities? Each person should continue to do their part to love their spouse as God loved us, though we had sinned and fallen short." Yeah, there you go. Our responsibility in marriage is to be committed to each other. Is to be committed to each other, and this is not based on whether the other person is doing their part. If each will be proactive, it can help the other person strive to love in uh, love in return. And he references First Peter three verses one and two. Yeah. Remember, no one always fulfills their part perfectly, so be patient with each other. Well, and that's right. And don't and uh, yeah, it, it, maybe it's going to be a lopsided equation. It was a lopsided equation for God and Jesus, wasn't it? When yeah. they loved us enough to to go the extra mile. So maybe that's what is going to be required for us is don't don't get into this what's fair, what's right. Do what you can yeah. uh, for the one that you love, uh, for your fellow man in general, but by all means, your spouse, uh, you need to be the one who's willing to be defrauded. All right, let's go to this second question and in about uh, this group of questions that we ask about husbands. What kind of love is the husband to have toward his wife? And Paul, in his email, references the verse I had in mind as well. Thanks, Paul. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So the kind of love that a husband is to have for his wife is the kind of love that Christ had for the church. Wow. And he and he gave himself for the church, totally sacrificial. Jesus was totally sacrificial for the benefit of his spiritual bride, the church. And so that's the that's the pattern or the uh, the image that we're to try to duplicate in our marriages as husbands toward our wives if that doesn't set the bar high you can't set the bar high i mean that uh, you were to love our wives as christ loves the church wow uh that is a uh something that we will work a long time to strive to get to that level yeah now the word for love there in ephesians 5 25 i think a lot of people Uh, Most of us have been taught through the years that in the original Greek, there were several different words that were translated with our single English word love. But the one and I think this may be one of the more known Greek words uh, in the New Testament. A lot of us are not Greek scholars, but a lot of us know the word agape and agape is the highest form of love. It's it's the form of love that sacrificially seeks the, the best interest of the object rather than sell. So my wife is the object of my love. And so I seek her well-being even to the sacrifice of my own well-being if it takes that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you said, Jacob, I think that's an incredibly high bar. Uh, But if, if husbands would work at developing that sort of sacrificial love for their wives, an awful lot of problems would go away. Yes, it would. Uh, Maybe your wife is uh, maybe a little difficult to deal with, but uh, it's going to be hard for a wife who's being loved like Christ loved the church uh, to not recompense that or return that uh, in the the way that she treats her husband. We're going to get later when we're talking about the wife's responsibility to submit and obey. And I remember my friend L.A. Stouffer teaching years ago that it's, it's not hard for a wife to submit and obey a husband who's loving her the way he's supposed to love her. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, uh, Harry, President Harry Truman was uh, famous for the expression, the buck stops here. You know, in other words, I have the ultimate final responsibility. Uh, and when it comes to marriage, I think husbands have to look at it that way. The buck stops here. I, I You know. It, boil it all down any way you want, but it finally comes down to me doing my job properly. And if I do, now that's not to say that a wife could not independently wreck a marriage. We understand that. But if the husband is doing his work well, it's going to make a, 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 a way far progress toward a successful marriage. All right. Uh, there's your uh, There's your example and your pattern, husbands. Love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, Ephesians goes on, though. Ephesians 5 goes on and talks more and gives us more instruction. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He loved himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. 
um, I, you know, I take care of my body in, in the sense that if I smash my little finger with a hammer, my whole body jumps into response mode. My, I've, I'm hurt. I need help. I'm going to, I got to fix this. Even if it's a, a member of my body that's as, as insignificant as my little finger, if I, if I, if I get a bad cut of my little finger, I'm going to do everything that I can to fix that and make it yeah. right. Uh, and here, here Paul says in Ephesians that a man ought to love his wife like he loves his own body. We, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to argue with people a lot to love themselves. Most people love themselves plenty good enough already. Mm-hmm. And here what the Lord is challenging us to do is try to love someone else as much as you love yourself. And if you'll do that, Again, that, that's a big step. Uh, and you, the uh, term, you know, the phrase, cutting off your nose to spite your face here, that comes into play. Paul says, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. You know, when we get selfish, when we get uh, angry and we don't treat our wives like we should, who ends up being hurt in that? You're just hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. Yeah. It, and it's not, it, we're not, as husbands and wives, we're not in competition. It's not, I won, you lost. Yeah. No, we're looking for win-win situations. Right. You know, because we're one, and that's what we ought to be looking for. You don't love your wife, you don't love yourself. When you act angry and ugly to your wife, you're acting angry, I mean, you're hurting yourself. And uh, certainly, these are things that we have to remember. God says so in his work. Exactly right. All right. All right. So uh, I think that's, uh, again, men, remember the, the, the love your wives with the, and the love word there, the Greek love word is agape. It's the highest, highest form of love, uh, and it is sacrificial. Okay. And, and, of course, when you say sacrificial, you're automatically saying not self-centered, not selfish. An unselfish love is what we've got to have for okay. our wives. All right. Now, the scriptures also tell us, and we asked the question about honor. The scriptures also tell us to honor our wives. 1 Peter 3, verse 7, Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Um, what, do you think about the, what do you think about this honor thing? Honor your wives. Give honor unto the wife, Paul says. What, 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 I, I'd like some input on that. What do our listeners think is involved in honoring? Lots of discussion has gone into 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 in the past is what that verse means. But certainly it carries, I think, with the idea of giving preference uh, to the wife and giving uh, and treating uh, them uh, with some special care. Yeah. Uh, Paul, in his email, said this involves seeing your wife as precious and as God created her to be your complement to make your life complete. Seek to understand her needs as she is a woman and has different feelings and interests than we do as men. I, I like especially his expression there, see her as precious. You know, all of us, uh, uh, I've got an old gun that was handed down, an old shotgun handed down from a great uncle. And... uh I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that and use it as a boat oar when I'm out duck hunting. You know, right? I, I, mean, I got an old gun that I might do that if I got in a pinch. I could probably use that old shotgun as a boat oar because it's not very special. But I'm not going to take that old antique shotgun and do that. It, yeah. I, I value it. It's it's precious. Uh, and you might think of other things around the house. You know, they may not be special to anybody else, but they're special to you. Who gave it to you? Where you got it? How you came by it? They're precious things. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, an antique uh, dish that was handed down from a great grandmother, and you've got it in a special place on a uh, in a china cabinet. You know, and you, you're not going to feed the dog out of it. You right. Know, you're going. It's precious. Right. You're going to treat it accordingly because it is precious. Well, the same thing about wives. Husbands need to see their wives as something precious that God gave them. And treat them accordingly. You know, sometimes we see husbands who treat their wives just horribly. They treat them like, well, just the the expression, treat them like dirt. And that's just wrong. We're supposed to honor our wives. All right. uh, Certainly. And this this is a big deal. 
this is a this has this can affect our standing with God. This is a spiritual matter. Look at this. If you do not uh, dwell with them uh, according to knowledge, if we don't give honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, your prayers may be hindered. I've always thought that was particularly interesting. There, that prayers could be hindered for the reason of not having a, a proper marriage relationship. That your prayers could actually, well, think about that. And I think all of us who are married people should probably be able to. I hope I'm not the only one who relates to this. But let's say you have some 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 tense words with your wife. You know, maybe a little give and take, a little argument. Sit down immediately and pray just as soon as you just had words with your wife or words with your husband. No. It's not, it's, it, you're just not in the frame of mind to do that. They're hindered. You're hindered. Yep. And so what Peter is saying there, uh, treat your wife properly so that your prayers won't be hindered, so it won't impact your spiritual life. And can uh, we comment a little bit about this according to knowledge? Uh, that's, a, that's a very important uh, instruction there. We've got to know our wives. Yeah. I can't I can't dwell with a stranger according to knowledge. And 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 so a man needs to know the particular wants, likes, dislikes uh of of his wife. And 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 wives one man's wife will be different than another man's wife and 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 so a husband's challenged to know his wife, to understand her. Uh and but if he you know again, if he selfishly doesn't care what her interests or needs are, then he's not going to dwell with her according to knowledge. And this is a dynamic thing. This is not static. So it wasn't uh, her. If you understood her when you got married, or you understood her five years ago, you don't understand her today. Uh, her needs and her concerns and the things that you need to know about her are are fluid. Uh, and so I think this emphasizes the need for communication in the marriage. Yeah. Uh, you you can't be out doing your own thing and expect everything to be all right in your marriage you need to be uh communicating and spending time with your spouse to understand her needs yeah in the chat room dwight says there have been times when i need to be reminded of proverbs 31 and how it describes our wives uh that's a beautiful passage for sure and i had that too dwight i had proverbs 31 verse 10 who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies in other words in that description of the virtuous woman in proverbs 31 it it causes us to realize this one of the great treasures of life is to have a virtuous woman for a wife. Mm-hmm. It's a great blessing and a very precious thing. Proverbs eighteen twenty two: Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And so all of that goes to this this point of honoring our wives, treating them for the precious blessing that they are, basically, I think is the way to put that. All right. Uh, certainly a blessing. And uh, Mike asks, how should a husband honor his wife? Thoughts about that? Say that again? Mike in the chat room asks, how should a husband honor his wife? Well, that's what we were just, that, that was the question we were just dealing with. Well, right? he has a story he wants you to tell in line with that, and we'll take it to the break. Uh, I don't, I'm not getting that in the chat You don't room. see that in the chat room. No, I don't see it. The story about the husband who went to the nursing home to feed his wife. Oh, was oh, also... oh, 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 yeah, I see it now. Okay, I'll okay. tell that story. Right, I'll tell, tell the story. story. We'll Mike knows that story. He's heard me tell it before. Okay, we'll do it when we get back. I'll do it now. We'll take it to the break. Oh, oh Okay. Um, Mike uh, asked me to tell a story about a husband who, uh, whose wife was very badly af- affected with dementia, Alzheimer's, and she got to the point where she didn't know anybody, didn't even know him, you know, didn't converse, didn't recognize the, her her surroundings. Every day he went and sat with her uh, all day long, fed her her meals because she couldn't feed herself, and and. Finally, some of his friends said, why do you do that? Why do you go every day? Why do you spend all day long? Why do you trouble yourself with that? She doesn't even know who you are. And he said, I still know who she is. Right. Uh, that, that, almost, that story almost always uh, touches me. I could bring a tear to the eye. But that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way we're supposed to treasure our mates. That's right. It's, uh, and even if it's not reciprocated, it's our responsibility. Thank, thanks for reminding me of that, Mike. Thank you for listening, Mike. And uh, thank you for the comment, Dwight. Uh, we're going to get a break, and when we get back, we'll continue to, uh, well, harp on the men. Uh, but women, your time is coming. Don't get too comfortable. We'll take a break. Get this week's bullet point. Go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. 
After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. It doesn't fit my hand. That was the excuse an old friend would always offer whenever there was a job that required a shovel, rake, or hoe. Well, in reality, such tools don't fit anyone's hand. The evidence of this fact is seen in the soreness and blisters that appear when these implements are first employed. But if you stick with it, you can get over the irritation. In fact, seasoned workers develop calluses from their prolonged exposure. They no longer feel the pain. Calluses, you see, result in a reduced sensitivity to the things that would normally cause an unpleasant reaction. There's a spiritual parallel to the scenario we have just described. However, in this realm, it's a hurtful rather than helpful phenomenon. It goes like this. A Christian is in repeated contact with the elements of the world. The immorality, violence, vulgarity, immodesty, sensuality, and wickedness of society are an affront to his spiritual sensitivities. He is troubled by what he sees. It hurts him. But little by little, he begins to grow hardened to his irritation. Oh, yes, he still recognizes sin, but somehow it just does not torture him quite so much when he sees it. At first, for instance, he would turn off a TV program in disgust when sex or bad language was aired. But now, because of his prolonged exposure to such things, he can sit right through it, taking it all in, and in the process growing even more callous to the wickedness he sees. Gradually, he demonstrates less and less discretion about the things he sees and hears, about the places he goes, the things he does, the way he talks, the clothes he wears. You see, his very spiritual being has been altered. He has become calloused by the evil culture. Let us remain sensitive to the evils around us and join the psalmist in saying, quote, From thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Psalms 119, verse 104. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you as we talk about husbands and wives. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website is thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you've not been there to check it out, check it out. You can find lots of information there, and we'll remind you to send your emails with your snail mail address to questions at collegeu.com so we can get you a free bumper sticker, and you can drive all around and help us to spread the word. It's as easy as that, and it works. Kyle, anybody ever talk to you about your bumper sticker? Oh, not really, no. It's, but the thing is, uh, I know when I'm in traffic and I'm at work, and I know people, they've got to see it. They've so got to see it. They've got to see it. I had a guy... Uh, so, well, there was two or three old guys. I, I, I ran. This was when I went fishing a while back and ran into a little bait shop. And when I came out, three guys are staring at the bumper of my truck and said, what is that virtual Bible study thing there, they said. Yeah. It, so I had a chance to explain it. It works. Them. My yeah. wife was in a parking lot this week. Somebody walked by and said, the virtual Bible study, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I was in a parking lot one time. The guy helped me load up something. He said, what's that on the back of there, the virtual Bible study? I said, well, here, let me give you a card. He said, no, I'll just take a picture of it. He took a picture of his phone and... Maybe he's listening tonight. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Go. So you need to you need to get one of these at collegeview.com. And hey, it's always better when we have more people here because we have more comments and you don't have to listen to us yeah. all the time. Yeah. All right. All right. So still on the husband, uh, what do you what do you think about? We ask, explain the husband's role as leader or head of the family. Um, if, reference Ephesians 5 again. You get the idea we've been talking about Ephesians 5 a lot because that's a famous text about mm-hmm. the husband-wife relationship. But Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And so as Christ is the head of the church, the husband is the head of the wife. He's the he's the head of the household. He's the leader. And uh, in, in sort of association with that, Sometimes we talk about the the uh, uh, qualifications of elders from First Timothy chapter three, and so here. But you, and I bring this up with the with the understanding that an elder would be a faithful Christian. Obviously, he would have to be a mature, faithful Christian in order to be an elder. And one of the ways that he shows his spiritual maturity is Ephesians, or excuse me, First Timothy three verse four, beginning. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And so it, 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 maybe for us, that's the new, excuse me, new American Standard Version. 
maybe for us it helps to idea, with the idea of a, of a manager, you know, because we, we, that's sort of a modern concept. I understand a manager of a business or a store, he's in charge, and he tells others what needs to be done with the idea that we, this business or store wants to be profitable and successful. He's managing it. To everybody's best interest. It's to, yeah, it's, it's to everybody's best interest if the store does well. Because if it doesn't and goes out of business, we're all out on the street. Yeah. Uh, so, but to manage the household, uh, to be the head, uh, as Christ is the head of the church. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the big problems in marriage, and I've seen this lots of times, and and I've actually had wives who've said that uh, complained that their husband wouldn't take charge. He was a he just wouldn't take the responsibility of heading up the family, of, of making the necessary decisions to keep the family on the right course. And that's going to really cause trouble in a marriage if a husband does not provide that leadership or assigned to him. All right. It, uh, it's, uh, and it's, can you envision Christ sitting on the couch and ordering the church around? Church, bring me my newspaper. Church, get me something to drink. Church. Get the dinner ready. Yeah, it's not a it's not a self serving leadership. Christ is serving the church, but He's providing that direction, and that's the yeah. the obligation of husbands. In his email, Paul. And by the way, I see at the bottom of Paul's email that he's. Yeah, I knew he was from out west. He's from Seattle, Washington. Just about out Paul, as far out west as you can get. Just about as far out there as you can go. Uh, well, not like, out there, but I mean west. Yeah. He's west. He's, he's out not on the, out there though. He's out yeah. on the as they say the left coast. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, Paul. Thanks for your email. He says uh, Ephesians five twenty two twenty three gives husbands the responsibility of headship, as we just were reading. He says being the head is to be the leader, protector, to be considerate, seek her welfare. This includes especially spiritual leadership, and he references Joshua twenty four fifteen. That's a good one to bring in here. Uh, where Joshua said, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." I love that passage, and I think as as husbands and as heads of our families. We need to be have a strong, absolute commitment like Joshua did. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, that's important but uh, because how many husbands fail in that regard of not being the spiritual leader that they need to be? So often it's the wives who are bringing the kids to church while the husbands are out golfing or fishing. So often it's the, the wives who are teaching children teaching the Bible Teaching the children lesson. the Bible story. The, the husband's too busy with his hobbies. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, I, I think all of us as husbands can do lots better because so much rides on the husband providing that leadership. Are you, are you determined, like Joshua, that your house is going to serve the Lord? Are you providing the leadership that facilitates that? Uh, that's a, a challenge for us all that we need to be yeah. committed to as husbands. Exactly right. All right. All right. And then we have one more thing uh, about communication. Uh, how important is communication? And this, yeah. I put this under the husband title, but this is a two-way street. Com- yeah. You know, communication is is uh, talking and listening. There's got to be two people involved in the communication process. So I'm, I, I put this under the husband heading, but it's also very important for the wife. Um Paul said, God created us with an ability to communicate. We cannot fulfill our responsibility to love our wife if we do not make the effort to communicate with her. This involves both expressing our thoughts and feelings as well as being willing to listen to her thoughts and feelings. Do not give the silent treatment. Open up and share. Be transparent. Let her know what you're thinking. Ask how her day is going. Way to go. I appreciate those, Paul. Well, well said, Paul. Yeah. Uh, and I would go back to that verse, First Peter 3, 7 where it says that husbands are supposed to dwell with their wives according yeah. to knowledge. Yeah. Well, I can't know her if I don't talk to her, if I don't communicate with her. And so communication is really important. And as we said earlier from 1 Peter 3, 7, you don't do it right. Your prayers will be hindered. I think, And I think that's used representatively. I think it's suggesting your spiritual life is going to be imperiled if you don't communicate and dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And uh, in our digital age in our age of well easy communication it is uh, i'm afraid often we don't communicate enough within our families we need to unplug and slow down and spend the time required in order to uh to be communicating with our spouses david or dwight in the chat room says the lord is our example of being a leader a helper and a problem solver we husbands need to have this attitude thank you for that dwight i think that's right uh, certainly the the example and pattern is there. We need to be following it. Yeah. All right. 
All right, let's grab our last break a little early, and then we'll run to the top of the hour talking about the wife. Hey, equal time here now. The wives aren't going to get nearly as much time as the husbands had, but maybe they don't need it. I don't know. Well, well I, again, I, I do think the buck stops here. It's, it's ultimately our responsibility. All right. When we get back, we're talking about the wives, and we'll want to hear from you. Uh, well, the women have been silent tonight. Maybe they, they, they didn't t- speak up much, but maybe they can speak up now as we talk about the wives. Uh, let us know. 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Jerry Fralix. I'm a member of uh, College of Church of Christ here in Columbia, Tennessee, and I have a few words to say. Occasionally, we hear parents who say that they don't want to force religion on their children. These misguided folks think they're doing their kids a favor by letting them decide for themselves. They're afraid that there will be some resentment in their children later if religion had been crammed down their throats. If we may be absolutely blunt in response, that is one of the most ridiculous ideas anyone ever suggested. We force many things on our children. We insist that they bathe, brush their teeth, change their clothes, etc. We cram education down their throats by making them attend school regularly. We demand that they do their homework. We force them to eat good food, get adequate rest, and do other things that are important to their health and development. We do all of this because we know it is in their best interest, and we do it even when the kids don't like it. Why is it this such a common sense approach is neglected by parents who are determined to let the kids decide for themselves when it comes to religion? Dr. James Dobson writes, There's a critical period when certain kinds of instruction are easier in the life of children. There's a brief period during childhood when youngsters are vulnerable to religious training. Their concepts of right and wrong are formulated during this time, and their views of God begin to solidify. The opportunity of that period must be seized when it is available. The absence or misapplication of instruction through that prime time period may place a severe limitation on the depths of the child's later devotion to God. When parents withhold indoctrination from their small children, allowing them to decide for themselves, the adults are almost guaranteeing that the youngsters will decide in the negative. God's word has always taught us the truth on the subject. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A cover story in Time magazine asked, Does God want you to be rich? Self-reporting Christians were asked if they agreed or disagreed with the following statements. One, God wants people to be financially prosperous. Agree, 61%. Disagree, 26%. Number two, material wealth is a sign of God's blessing. Agree, 21%. Disagree, 73%. Number three, poverty can be a blessing from God. Agree, 45%. Disagree, 49%. And finally, number four, Jesus was not rich and we should follow his example. Agree, 49%. Disagree, 44%. All of that information is via Christianity today. The Word of God says in Philippians 4, beginning verse 11, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program talking about husbands and wives, and we're talking about wives now uh, and their role in the marriage relationship. Let's start out with the first part of this question to explain what it means in Genesis 2, verse 18, when it says concerning Adam yes. in the Garden of Eden, the Lord God said, It's not good for man, that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Uh, that's the King James Version. And I think people are probably familiar with that expression, that the woman is a help meet to her husband. But I don't know that a lot of people take time to try and figure out what that means. Yes, what does that mean? Uh, let's hear your thoughts in the chat room. How, um, well, the wives that are in the chat room tonight, how are you, uh, serving as that helpmate? What does it mean to, to what is, how does that, uh, direct your life? What does it mean to be a helpmate? First of all, I would just say, let's, let's see if we can understand the expression. And I really believe that the expression means, and if I was going to paraphrase it, uh, I would say that God made the woman as a helper suitable for the man. Uh, and, and so help meet means 
a helper suitable for the man. What he needs. What he needs. It, it fulfills his needs. Um, the animals couldn't do it. Yeah. The spider that's on my desk can't do it either. Why? Where did that come from? Wow. Look at Whoa, there he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you get him? I, he's gone. I didn't, he's, he's on the floor somewhere. <laughs> wow. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> we'll okay. have to get your wife to come next time to kill the spiders uh, for okay, you. Okay, wow. All right. um, the, so, again, understand that uh, she is to be a helper that suits the needs of her husband. Yeah. Now, that uh, Paul makes the point in his email, that's not an inferior role. Some people see that as an inferior role. But the same thought says of the Holy Spirit in John 14 through 16, where Jesus says he will send the helper or comforter. Now, notice Jesus said he, he, he will send the Holy Spirit as a helper to the apostles. Well, that's not that's not a demeaning role of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't know. I don't think anybody would say, "Well, yeah, Jesus really putting the Holy Spirit down when he called him a helper to yeah. the disciples." Yeah, nobody would say that. And so, it's not a demeaning thing to say that the wife is is the ultimate helper for her husband. He goes on to say, "A wife is a blessing to her husband, as seen in Proverbs thirty-one. She is by his side, not a slave to his every command or whim." Yeah, I think that's I think that's well said. <clears throat> you know. And again, I think that sometimes, especially in the modern age and sort of with the feminist movement, women have imagined that if they are if they are in this role, it means they're they're not equal and they're, they're, nothing could be further from the truth. It's just a different assignment. For instance, if President Trump walked in the room here tonight, well, it would it would be awesome. I mean, I, I would be dumbstruck probably. Yeah, but. I'm not inferior to President Trump. He has a different job than I have, uh, but we're both uh, of equal importance in God's estimation. Right. Uh, and and uh, so inferior just because I have a different role. Right. And I believe women have to understand that. I think godly women do understand that, that they've been given a different role by God, but it doesn't mean that they're inferior. Right. Uh, certainly not. Uh, James and family in the chat room say help me equals uh, the New American Standard has it translated as a helper suitable or corresponding to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Galatians chapter three, verse 28, speaking of those who have put on Christ, verse 27 goes on to say, for those who have put on Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so that speaks of the of the valuation that God places upon the It's just that he's given different assignments or different roles. All right. James and family go on and say the woman completes or fills in the gaps of what the man lacks. She makes the man complete as they are joined in one flesh, mind, and spirit. Thank All you for right. that. Good. Very good. Okay. All right. So uh, the, uh, I think as a first step for wives, understand that from the beginning, God God's assigned role for you was to be a help meet for your husband. Again, you get that, and you go a long way toward making your marriage relationship what God wants it to be. Okay. But if a woman is... It rebels against that, then we got problems. And that goes to the next question. What kind of submission and obedience is required of women? Well, let's go back to Ephesians 5 again. We've been referencing Ephesians 5 over and over again, but that is the famous text that talks about the husband-wife relationship. In Ephesians 5:22, beginning, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Well, get the picture that he's painting there. How is how what's the church supposed to do relative to Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus is our head, and as the church, we are to submit to him, which means that we obey him and follow his instructions and and uh, respond to him. Uh, in an in an appropriate obedient way. Right. I don't think anybody would have any pictures. Okay, here's the church. Now the church can't just do its own thing. The church is subject to Christ. Therefore, as Christ has instructed us in His Word, we are to respond in obedience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the picture that Paul paints there of the of the husband wife relationship. Notice he said, 
The husband is to the wife. Now, we had already talked about this earlier. The, the husband's feelings for the wife are to be like Christ's feeling is for the church. Mm-hmm. The husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Okay. Now, he says, the wife is to be subject to her husband as the church is subject to Christ. Right. So if the first part, in other words, and I got to believe that the that the wives were, were uh, shouting their agreement when it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now their seat's going to get a little bit hot. But, but if, if that part of the passage is true, then the other part of the passage is true as well. Wives, be obedient to your husbands yeah. as the church is obedient or subject to Christ. Okay. Now, in a, in a perfect in a marriage like God intended it, those two things work harmoniously together. As we mentioned earlier in the program, just because one person is not fulfilling their role as they should doesn't alleviate of you from your responsibility to fulfill your role. But certainly in that picture, what a wonderful thing. Uh, husbands loving their wife as Christ loved the church and the, Christ, the wife submitting to the husband as the church does to Christ. And again, as we said earlier, if the husband's doing his part of loving his wife like he should, it will make it very easy for her to submit to him. Uh, it's, it's a two-way street. Both have to do their part, but it, it's really hard for a wife to submit to a husband who doesn't love her. Yeah. yeah. But if he loves her and she knows it, then it's easier for her to submit to him. It's just, it, but all, it, it works right when all parts are working as they should. And Dwight may be talking uh, maybe commenting here on uh, the bigger context of the church and uh, Christ and the church relationship that Paul is making here in Ephesians 5. Dwight says, my wife is subject to me, not some other. We are subject to Christ, not another. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if your wife was subject to someone else. Someone else had authority or was leading your wife. Yeah. Well, how would that make you feel? How does it make Christ feel when the church is not submitting to his authority? Yeah. All right. Good so, point. again, those are a couple of words that I think probably wrangle a lot of women in the modern age who don't understand the total picture that, that the scriptures paint about this husband-wife relationship. Because th- those have almost become dirty words in this politically correct era that we live in. When you would say that a wife is to submit and obey her husband I mean, uh, modern feminists would just jump out of their seat over that. Yep. Uh, but two, four, and five, obey your husband. Yeah, but that's that's clearly uh, what we're supposed to do. Again, yeah, let's read that. Titus 2, verse 4. Teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So it's, the scriptures are plain about that. But again, it's not a demeaning sort of relationship. It's not a master-slave sort of relationship. Uh, it's a loving relationship. But God has given us different roles, and women have to understand their role in this matter to make it work right is to be submissive and obedient. All right. And First Peter chapter 3, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Verse 6 says, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Certainly it uh, may be a challenge. I'm sure it's a challenge at times. But it is something uh, that we are called to do as wives uh, to be in submission. Uh, did you get Paul's comment? Uh, no, I didn't. This kind of submission and obedience is voluntary on her part, he says. It is not something the husband is to demand of her. She honors her husband as the church obeys and honors Christ willingly out of her love. And he references a passage we were looking at in Ephesians five twenty-two through 24. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this love. The, how is a wife to love her husband? I want to go back to that verse in Titus 2, verse 4. Teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. The kind of love that a wife is to have for her husband is a kind of love that can be learned. You know, a lot of times in the Western, in our Western culture, we equate love with sort of uh, uh, chemistry, you know. Uh, romantic uh, butterflies and daisies yeah. and uh, rainbows. And I just, I got the feeling. I just have this feeling, you know, and that's what we equate with love. But it's interesting there in Titus 2 that the the older women were to teach the younger women to love their husbands. And so the kind of love that God wants for a wife to have toward her husband is a kind of love that can be taught and learned and it can be commanded of husbands in ephesians 5 verse 25 yeah. so this yeah. is not just the emotional it's, it's not romantic emotional love yeah 
Uh, that's not to say that there, there, there can't be romantic, emotional love in a marriage relationship, and there should be. But the, what makes the marriage work is the commanded love. Yeah. It's not the emotional love. Yeah. Uh, and so we husbands got to work at loving their wives. Wives got to work at loving their husbands. Uh, and again, it, it, as Paul, Paul says in his email, she's to love him unselfishly, to respect him. He references Titus 2, 3, and 4, Ephesians 5, 33. Sometimes a man needs the respect of his wife, which helps him to be the man God wants him to be. A wife wants to be loved. A man wants to be respected. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, again, uh, we got time. How much time? We're running out of time. But uh, in regards to this whole matter, uh, I'm reminded of a story of a fellow who went to see a preacher. Okay. I got to tell my story fast. So he went and saw the preacher. He went to see the preacher, okay. and he said, I don't love my wife anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't love her. And actually, he'd found somebody, some person at work that he loved, he thought he loved now. And he was wanting the preacher to and sort of... And he wanted the preacher to say, well, yeah. you're going to have to leave this wife and, yeah. and go marry this other woman. And, and uh, so the preacher said, well, he says, I, I see only one, alt- one option to you. He said, I don't love... The guy's saying, I don't love my wife anymore. And the preacher says, I see only one option available to you. Oh, the man says, what is that? What is he that? Burnt he burnt up. He thought it was yeah, divorce yeah, court time. Yeah. Yeah. The preacher said, you need to repent yeah. and start loving your wife as God commanded. So is it is it possible that husbands and wives could fall out of love with each other? Yeah, I think it's possible for them not to love each other. No, it, right at this moment, a man does not love his wife or a wife does not love her husband or maybe yeah. both of them. They don't yeah. love each other. What are you going to do? You're going to love again. You're going to learn to love again. You're going to repent because it's a sin not to love your husband, not to love your wife. Yeah, there you go. Um Dwight asks a question. He says, I wonder if the older women are teaching the younger women with all this divorce in this society. Uh, not much, I would say. Probably not no, much. we need older women who t- to fulfill that command to teach the younger women. It's a command. Hey, we need uh, we need women who, who do that. Yeah. Finally, and we're just out of time, but and this is an important thing. It's rather a sensitive topic, but uh, how are married couples to view their duties in regards to physical needs uh, toward one another? The, the verse that pertains to that is in 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, we, won't want, we don't want to go into a lot of detail here. Uh, some of this was discussed in our virtual Bible study, yeah, I mean, in our uh, community podcast. Bible study. Check it out in the podcast. But 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3, beginning, Let the husband render unto the, his wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. And so, basically, when it comes to fulfilling one another's needs physically, uh, I'm just I'm to, I'm to be mindful of my wife. I'm to serve her in that, and she's to serve me. And if we both got that attitude, then that you know, uh, I heard a psychologist once say, in healthy marriages. That part of the marriage relationship is probably about 20% of what people focus on. In an unhealthy marriage, an unhappy marriage, he says, in counseling sessions, we find it to be 80% of what's mm. on their mind. Mm. And so, again, it just points to the fact that if we, if we get everything right and if we're treating one another as God instructed us, then it all works. Everything works good. Mm. But if we don't, then, then everything gets out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike says this is a really powerful discussion point. The older women teaching the younger women about, uh, uh, but also children seeing how their mother and father love each other. This will then give them a good foundation of, of for how they will treat their future wives and husbands. I think that's really true. What Mike said. I've learned to be a husband from watching my dad be a husband. Yep. And uh, and a girl learns to be a wife from watching her mom be a wife. And uh, we learn what marriage is supposed to be like by observing it in our parents. That's a really strong influence. Not to say it couldn't be over. Let's say, let's say my parents had a horrible marriage and they treated one another deplorably. Well, I can overcome that. But the fact of the matter is that is really a strong influence. And therefore, as husbands and wives, we need to be really mindful of that for our children's well-being. Talking about being a leader there again. Make that determination that you're going to be the leader of your family Mike and uh, other men there, and we're gonna we're gonna show our children how this family should run, so that their families and their families' families, and on and on it goes. Yeah. The legacy that we we'll leave behind is one that God would have it to be. Yeah. 
All right, good discussion tonight. Out of time. Out of time. Kyle, thanks for getting us on the air tonight. It was good to be here. It's a good topic. Thank you. And, uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for listening. hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Check out our podcast for uh, our sermon podcast for the Community Bible Study feed there. And uh, send in your emails for those uh, bumper stickers. Get those. And make your plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.